High School Slumber Party is brought to you by the Cage Club Podcast Network. For all things Cage Club related, head on over to cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me. Hey, slumbers. I wanted to talk to you before the music hit. Before we crawled into our sleeping bags and got into the mood to talk about another silly movie like we do every Friday and some Mondays. What's going on in this country, my country, the United States of America, is too much to ignore. The principles of my country were built on diversity and forged through years of adversity. I may be a minority. I have ancestry that goes back to Europe. I have some ancestry that goes back to Africa. I have some ancestry that originates here. But I am not a black American. I cannot comprehend what that experience is like. I have a unique experience, a unique perspective. We all do. But now is not the time for that perspective. The world is not black and white, that's true, but it's also not the time for that discourse right now. Despite what some people say, it's okay to amplify and support instead of taking up space that really might not be yours. Research and listen, and you will be on the correct side of history. I promise you that. For the first time in that history, our great-grandkids will be able to read everything we say and do in this very moment. What side of history will they see you on? Nothing is as easy as black and white, but there is such a thing as right and wrong. Now's the time to reflect on the black American perspective. Now's the time, at the very least, to listen. I stand against all forms of racism and discrimination. Black lives absolutely, without a shadow of a doubt, matter. Black voices should be heard, and both their struggles and their successes should be amplified. We've seen a lot of ugliness in this country's history. We've seen a lot of ugliness recently. We've also seen a lot of hope, and a lot of hope recently as well. I've seen people I've never thought shared the true vision of a diverse and supportive America, lending their support for the very first time, stopping, reflecting, listening, and in some cases, even marching. Let's all hope to be part of the great change that is coming to this society. I echo the words I first read posted on the walls of my U.S. history class in high school. The words of the great Frederick Douglass. If there is no struggle, there is no progress. Welcome, vampire fans, werewolf fans, maybe you're just supernatural YA fans, maybe you're just fans of our guest today, Kate Hudson, who knows. But this is High School Slumber Party, the podcast where me and some friends look back at our teenage years through the lens of some iconic high school-centric films. I'm Brian Rodriguez, and the party's at my place this evening. But first, school is still in session, and we have some homework to chat about. This was your assignment, and I would like to see the results. First and foremost, I hope everyone is happy and healthy and staying safe and 
you know, there's a lot going on right now, as I said on top of the show. Hopefully this is a necessary distraction. And if you're not in the mood for distraction right now, that's cool too. You do you. But I have to say, I am excited for today's episode. It's one of our Twilight episodes. Twilight Forever. But first and foremost, like I said, your homework. Have you hit that subscribe button on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, or Spotify, wherever you're listening to us? If you had, great. If you haven't, do that now. Please leave us a positive review. Give us a rating. That helps support the show so much. And remember, you can also check out the show on the flagship at cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me. Oh, I almost forgot. The best way you can help support High School Slumber Party is by telling a friend about all the great and wonderful things we do here in High School Slumber Party for the exact price of zero dollars and zero cents. More homework, right? Did you listen to our Monday episode on Fired Up? I thought it was a really fun one. Maybe not the most popular movie, but I had a blast. Watch the movie. Listen to the episode. Uh, Kelsey and Islin were great guests. Hope to have them on again sometime in the future, too. Definitely check out that episode. Your other homework was, of course, to watch Twilight Eclipse. I hope you did, because if not, you might be a little lost. But you know what? Even if you didn't, you're going to have fun. Our guest today is Kate Hudson. She's always great. She's such a Twilight expert. I really can't wait for you to hear our little chat on this amazing middle installment of the Twilight franchise. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Come on. The bell doesn't dismiss you. I dismiss you. You should know that by now. And while we're all studying from home, I brought the bell home with me. And by the way, our sophomore year is almost coming to an end. I gotta tally up your grades. I gotta tabulate. And by the time our yearbook special rolls around, I need to see if you've gotten the grades needed to graduate this year. Maybe you'll need summer school again. I don't know. Hmm. Have you gotten John Cusack to unblock us on Twitter? Nope. Have you been participating? Well, actually, some of you have been participating, and I've loved, loved seeing your feedback. A lot of feedback on the Angus episode. That interview with Charlie Talbert was amazing. If you haven't heard it, definitely check it out. But, yeah, we're getting a lot of feedback on that and a lot of feedback on some other stuff. And remember, you can always check us out on social media, Instagram, Facebook, and the Twitter. (laughs) One more thing quickly. I was just looking this up, and actually... In about two weeks, it'll be 10 years to the date that Twilight Eclipse debuted in the theaters. Remember that? Remember when movies came out in the theaters? (laughs) Anyway, thought that was pretty cool. So let's pack our favorite jammies, tell your mother you're sleeping at Brian's, because we're about to get our party on. Let's leave you with, of course, it's a Twilight movie. It has to be a Muse song, and the Muse song is called Neutron Star Collision. Parentheses, love is forever. Class dismissed. I was searching, you were on a mission. Then our hearts combined like a neutron star collision. I had nothing left to lose. You took your time to choose. Then we told each other with no trace of fear
So I have my notes, so, I mean, let's just start. I don't need notes. (laughs) No, I mean, that's fair to say. If my experience has taught me anything. (laughs) can talk about Twilight. I was upset I fell asleep watching it. Yeah, I mean, that's that's surprising. Something must have been wrong with you, because for you to fall asleep... Well... I'll take it back. Maybe maybe it was still playing in your mind while you were sleeping. Who knows? I fell asleep for like 15, 20 minutes during the climax. It was the migraine. They make me, they either make me super insomniac or like super tired. Like I'm tired right now. <laughs> well, glad you're feeling a little bit better and you can join us today for Eclipse. I mean, this is going to be fun. We haven't done a Twilight film in a while. We've done a ton of other stuff. We've no. <laughs> segued into things. I like these now because they're kind of like the birth of of other things, right? Like some, you'll bring up something on this podcast and we'll do that movie. And then the, <laughs> the, the star of that movie will contact us and we'll do another movie with that star. You know, it's a crazy ride, but I think it, I think it really, you know, comes from the twilight universe. For sure. And get excited when we do Valley girl, because I got to interview some of the stars, I think last week. So I've got the inside scoop Ooh. now, my friend. I mean, you were already booked as that is part of the Hudson Five. So it's not like you could be <laughs> taken off that, but you've enhanced your status on it. We'll put it that way. Yeah, I'm very excited. And just wait, maybe I'll get drunk for Breaking Dawn. So I'll claim like 12 more movies for 2021. <laughs> you never know. The Hudson 12. Who knows? You know, who right? Knows? God. <laughs> I'm just a chatty Kathy. Like, you think I can talk now? Just wait. As you know, like, I can't shut up when I'm drunk. Oh, but this is, you know, this is the cornerstone of it all. Twilight Forever. And this is, again, my first, well, not my first Eclipse watch because we were supposed to do this, I forgot when, a couple weeks ago. So technically my second Eclipse watch, but first time talking about it, if that counts. Well, yeah. I mean, I don't even know how many times I've seen it. I was trying to tally up how many times I've seen Eclipse. Probably close to 20 Wow, wow. It's been out 10 years. That's only twice a year. That's, wait, <laughs> now that I say it like that, probably 30. Like, <laughs> Makes sense. <laughs> this is probably, it used to be my favorite Twilight. Now it's tied for number one. I was going to say, like this one, Um, I like this one better than the last one for sure. But again, before we get ahead of ourselves, I always forget this with you. Introduce yourself, please. To Maybe maybe someone is popping into the podcast for the first time and they've decided to do the middle <laughs> Twilight film. I don't know. It's possible. Oh, I really like Eclipse, but none of the others. Who knows? But name, high school, you know the drill, I hope, by now. Honestly, if someone's like that, I really want to meet them. <laughs> if this person, this hypothetical person who I'm like, going to assume is named Braden or something, um, please <laughs> chat on Twitter, Braden. We're going to be BFFs. My name is Kate Hudson. I went to East Anchorage High School. We were the Thunderbirds, uh, class of 2002. And I'm trying to make this interesting, and I don't think I can anymore. <laughs> I've done it so often. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> I was going to do my college mascot, but I'll save that for next time. All right, save the college. That works. That makes sense chronologically, I would think. Unless this film takes a weird turn and it goes back in time, which I doubt. But, I mean, there are flashbacks. Anyway, whatever. I mean, it's going to take a weird turn. That's It's Twilight. <laughs> fair, I can't fair. not. <laughs> <laughs> 
And before we get into the eclipse, there's a lot of uh, a lot of Twilight things that have happened since the last time we spoke Twilight. I mean, you know, did you see the bad news? Oh, no. Tell me the bad news first. Let's get the bad news first and then we'll talk about all the other news. Oh, the guy who played Tyler in the first movie, the guy who almost kills Bella with his car. He died, dude. He died oh, last wow. month. Ah, Rest in peace, girlfriend. Tyler. Wait, oh. they died together? No, no. I saw it last night. And when I was talking to my friend who was really, really drunk. So I didn't get to, like, get into it. But yeah, he was found dead in Vegas at the age of 30. Wow. Wow. Tyler. It means he was a baby when that movie filmed because that was 12 years ago. So yeah. he was 18. Poor guy. You're right. I'm reading about it now. That's sad. It's the sad news. What a way to start for us. <laughs> Right, <laughs> but we can go. We can move on to uh, Robert Pattinson, Foster King. That's my favorite thing ever. <laughs> well, I just wanted to get his name. Gregory Tyree Bochi has died. Thirty years old. You're right. Gone too soon. That's for sure. And he did play Tyler in the first film. All right, let's move on then to Robert okay. Pattinson, Pasta King. Okay, Robert Pattinson, Pasta King. Robert Pattinson <laughs> recently did an interview in GQ, and as the intrepid journalist you are, Kate, I'm sure you read it front to back. In every which way. Yeah. Break it down for our Twilight fans here. What the hell is this guy all about? I have to break it down for the people who are morbidly curious about Twilight. Because Twilight fans know Robert Pattinson is freaking weird, dude. It's It's why I love him so much. You should actually listen to the commentary he's done it's amazing he's just weird as shit and he's very chaotic so when he's left to his own devices like in quarantine and there's not a pr person like on the line to make sure that he behaves or gives a good interview what we get is a portrait of a weirdo who microwaves pasta in tinfoil I mean, it's that simple. <laughs> so good. Oh, I was dying at that. This was probably the best RPATS interview I've seen in quite some time, though. Yeah, I read the interview. It was fascinating. And again, <laughs> you filled me in a little bit about like who he actually is. I would never have guessed it before this podcast that he was like that because I just <laughs> thought he was like the Twilight heartthrob guy. Honestly, his personality to me was potentially more like Taylor Lautner's actually is. Like, I don't know. I just thought they were just like dudes who were in this movie. But no, that he's a fascinating, interesting, <laughs> weirdo person. And I love it. I love it. And this just confirms it. So I think anyone who knew Pat's read this and it's like, yes, this is everything I ever hoped for in a Robert Pattinson expose. <laughs> and people who didn't know him were like, what the fuck? And this I guy's know. Batman? Like... I love him. Chaotic weirdos are my hardcore favorite type of people. And did you see the pictures where he got to style himself and he was just looking like this sad, like lost, like puppy? I loved those photos. It was so cool. They were so like, my friend read it. She's like, oh, he's horribly depressed. I'm like, really? I did not pick up on that at all. She's like, nah, this guy is horribly depressed. I was like, shit. I just read it as a weirdo, but people read that as severe clinical depression. I hope not. I just took it as like, this guy is a unique fella, you know? <laughs> this is yeah. Just- this is just what he's doing. And I, I took it too. like, again, maybe this is depression. I don't know. But what I loved about it is that like, he's a super famous guy and he didn't feel, it didn't feel like he had to put any airs about him. You know, he doesn't seem like he has a huge ego. There, there are plenty of weirdos who have huge egos, right? Like he just seems like he's like, this is what I do. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I've been severely clinically depressed. My depression does not manifest itself like that. So like, 
maybe it's there. I just see him as like a uniquely like he definitely has a British sense of humor because I lived there yes, for three yes. years. So like you can definitely pick up that like ride to the point of like it's the desert like sense of humor. But also, I mean, look, I'm a chaotic person, as you found out in some of our dealings. <laughs> like I I choose the chaos option. I think he just chooses the chaos option too. That's what I saw. Yeah, I mean it was it was awesome. Guys out there if you haven't read this interview, check it out. It might be one of the best like profiles I've ever read. I'm not even kidding about that. Like you, you know, these magazine profiles, they 90% of them sound the same, you know. It yeah. sounds sanitized or self-promotional. Like, this was just, like, I, I don't know. It's like if you popped into a random person, except a random person who's Robert Pattinson. I can't say, like, a random regular guy because he's not a regular guy, but it, <laughs> I don't know. You, you just got to read it. I have a friend. No, I don't know how to say this. I'm kind of – I'm very extroverted, but I have a side to me that's super, super introverted and just gets drained when I'm around too many people. So when we went into lockdown, you know, I was still in LA in like mid-March. I was absolutely fine. I'm still fine. <laughs> like it's almost <laughs> June. Like I miss going to bars. I miss going out. But like once I'm home, I'm home and I can be very insular. And I bring that up because I have a friend who when we went into lockdown, I actually thought to call her and congratulate her. Because she is like the most introverted person I've ever known. <laughs> and she hates to leave the house. She has hoarded supplies for years. So like she had like a crate of N95 masks in her garage. What? Like way before the shortage happened. So it's okay, what? right? Yeah. Well, you know, I had I had N95 masks too way before this happened because I have an earthquake kit. Like there's mm, a side of okay. me. Like I'm from Alaska. I'm a prepper. I had everything right here. Ah, uh, that is true. If History Channel has taught me anything, that is true. Yeah. Plus, I was raised Mormon, and we were always taught that the rapture is coming, so you got to have six months worth of supplies to get through it. <laughs> wow. But the point is, is, like she. This is like people are going to stop calling her and asking her to hang out. You know what I mean? So I bring this up because I feel like he's somewhere between a level, which is I can do this probably for six months and I'm fine. And her level, which is she never needs to see human beings again. And she's fine. <laughs> I honestly used to think she had a carbon monoxide leak and I made her install a detector so we could see. Oh my God. That's so funny. Every time I call her, she's like, like, eh, I'm just horizontal <laughs> right now. Like she's, yeah, she's great. She's insane. Love her. I bring that up because of that. I think he's truly deeply introverted, a deeply weird, and a deeply chaotic person, which makes me want to be his best friend. Which, I mean, I don't know if this is going to be a diss to Twilight fans out there, but I almost would prefer that vampire, if that makes sense. It's there! Oh my god! This is the thing about Twilight fans, is we knew about this, about him, forever. Like, absolutely plays up the weird parts of it, and the self-loathing, and like, yeah, it's all there, dude! <laughs> I don't know, like, because I feel like this guy, Robert Pattinson, would be into Kristen Stewart, but I don't know if he would be into Bella as much as his character is. You know what I mean? Like, that's why he plays it so angry. <laughs> like, it's the best Fair. part is that he doesn't want it. Like, I, I love the way he plays. I love the way he plays Edward so much because he has so much contempt for Edward, but at the same time, he shits on Bella and Stephanie Meyer. It's like the greatest thing ever. You really should listen to the audio commentary because you get to hear his stream of consciousness 
entire time. He only did Twilight and Eclipse. And he does Eclipse with Kristen Stewart. And he's literally eating two hamburgers during it. And I'm like, it's the greatest thing ever. We might need to do like a special episode where at least, I mean, you probably memorized the commentary. So maybe not for you. (laughs) But where... I watch the commentary and we just discuss that because I definitely want to get into that after I've seen them all. Don't you remember when viral probably about five, six months ago, someone said this is the most chaotic DVD commentary I've ever heard. It's just <laughs> our pats, just stream of consciousness. And like Kristen Stewart trying to be professional and keep it on track, but at the same time being really charmed by him because they were still dating and he's clearly flirting with her. It's very adorable. <laughs> I definitely have to check that out. But spe- speaking of... Our pets. Well, not really. Speaking of his character, Edward, that was some news we got as well, which I think fans <gasps> kind of knew like, might be on deck at some point. So why don't you tell everyone about this Stephanie Meyer news that broke uh, like either a week or two ago? Oh, my God, you guys. Fabled Midnight Sun is finally coming out. Didn't we get into Twitter on this and you couldn't quite understand that this is just literally the third iteration of twilight it's not a new story (laughs) Uh, so what's the second second is i think it's called life and death or life after death or whatever it's basically just twilight with the the gender role swap so it's edith and someone else so so girl is the vampire now and the boy is bella okay so it's not actually though the story being told a different it is the story being told a different way but it's not literally the story it's, it's literally the story but it's it's not in the universe of it though right it's in a, like an alternate universe because the genders are swapped i guess she just control f to bella and edward and changed out the name i'm not kidding it's called <laughs> life and death although it does end because she's like i don't want to do this for the three books it does end with the dude becoming Bo. His name is Bo Swan. Bo becomes a vampire at the end. So then, like, all the angst of New Moon, Eclipse, and Breaking Dawn <laughs> is gone. But this one coming out, you said it was called Midnight Sun? It's Midnight Sun. And I know this, and I have this memorized, not because I've been waiting with bated breath for this, but because I'm from Alaska, and it's the land of the Midnight Sun. Of course. I don't know how this ties into the whole... <laughs> stuff that you pointed out when I was drunk <laughs> blew my mind but it does <laughs> yeah I mean again I think they're just I guess like Bella's phases are moon phases or day phases and I don't know I, I, I get it because he's a vampire whatever point the point is <laughs> this is in the same universe though it's literally going to be the same story from Edward's point of view is that correct it's gonna be Twilight from Edward's point of view she had that written so here's the thing she's been writing like she had that written back in the day but then oh. someone like took the chapters and then released them online you know I am not into fan fiction at all and I think that's where that shit got released like fan fiction weirds me out I'm sorry to people who like fan fiction it just weirds me out um, <laughs> it got on those boards because you know Two Shades of Grey is Twilight fan fiction like there's a shit ton of fan fiction out there and I I don't I don't mess with that. Bring this up because she was eventually going to redo Midnight Sun after she got pissed off, got released, and I think people made fun of it, whatever. Apparently, she gave it to our Pats in 2008 for Twilight when they filmed. Mm. Bring this up because Fifty Shades of Grey is Twilight fan fiction, and 
James just control f the names and then got a book deal. And she released Fifty Shades of Grey from Christian Grey's perspective like five years ago. And then Stephanie Meyer was like, I'm not going to do my Edward book because E.L. James already stole the idea, blah, 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 oh. blah. Now we're back to quarantine. Stephanie Meyer probably needs to put in a new gold pool in her third home. So, <laughs> ta Well, I'm glad she's sticking to like twilight stuff because that's the money maker i get it i know people get mad at like jk rowling for like adding harry potter stuff occasionally but it doesn't seem like the twilight fans are too angry about this one i mean maybe the sanctity of the books isn't as sanct i don't, I don't know like it seemed like at least from my perspective on twitter which is very limited it seems like people were excited for this uh, i mean i think the thing about i say about harry potter here people take those books extremely seriously and I feel like people, even though they took Twilight seriously, they never took it as like a philosophy and a way of life. You know what I mean? Mm, yeah, that makes sense. I, I'm glad. <laughs> <laughs> Don't hate. Harry Potter is just, that freaks me out. And I love Twilight. So take that what you will. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, have you read any other Stephanie Meyer books God, or no. if you will. saw the host i've actually seen that movie it was on like party once someone was like oh you gotta watch this movie it's so bad and you know what they were right it was so bad i think it was the same way for me i think i was hung over and i watched it and i don't remember anything about it like anything yeah i mean it's <laughs> it's forgotten it's kind of deleted that you didn't continue the host stuff and has continued twilight so that was some positive news we started off with some negative news and we had two in my opinion largely positive news stories love that there's still twilight news coming out 10 years eight years after the film series ended <laughs> that's what i'm saying like the two fast guys they have an ongoing series but there's always fast and furious news twilight's done and yet there's ongoing news and that that's amazing that's uh an indicative of its legacy it's a testament well also let's be really honest robert pattinson and Kristen stewart have not gone the way of carrie fisher and mark hamill god forbid like they've had like <laughs> i mean they've had really successful careers and they've been able to shake off that mantle of edward and bella where i feel like mark hamill is forever going to be luke skywalker carrie fisher was princess leia like it's really hard to shake off super successful franchises early on in your career and they've managed to do it which is pretty impressive absolutely absolutely so the other bit of um it's this not news but for some reason i remembered a story that's Twilight related from, you know, a couple years ago. And I'm like, you know what? I haven't told this story on here. It's not a long story. And I'm not, and I'm setting it up like it's a really cool one. It's not, but it blew my mind. We'll put it that way. So I don't know, maybe 2016, 2017, maybe I went to a Stevie Nicks concert at Madison Square Garden. Big concert. And, you know, like, how does this relate to Twilight? Whatever. She's playing her songs. Classic music, classic music, classic music. In the middle of the show, she stops and tells this long story. I forgot. It might have been like after Tom Petty died or something. Again, if you were at that concert, I apologize if I got the person wrong, but someone died or something. And she was like, you know, (laughs) she was like, after Tom died, I really lost my will to write songs because the truth was I really didn't believe in love anymore and love was dead to me and even singing the songs i they just felt no meaning and i didn't even want to go on tour so i took a long time off but then i just one day i I was in my living room and i started watching twilight (laughs) and uh, what stephanie meyer has created 
the love between Bella and Edward, and she's getting emotional on stage, <laughs> and, and what they can do and what they can't do and what's forbidden. And mind you, I hadn't known anything about Twilight at this point, and I'm like, what the fuck? I know this lady's a little bit weird, but this – and she's like – that inspired me to get back into music, play my songs again, sing my songs again, go on tour. And I just want to thank Stephanie Meyer and that beautiful love story she wrote of Bella and Edward for bringing me here tonight. <laughs> and this was like a 10-minute story. And I don't know why I blocked it from my mind, but I just remembered it the other day. I'm like, wow. Like Now that I watch these movies, wow. <laughs> All I can say is, is I watched Twilight so much during quarantine and it's helped me get through it. So Stevie Nicks girl, I feel you. Shoot. <laughs> Something about this. I really think like it's hypnotic. I really do. And whatever you choose to like let it lull you into its weird fucked up universe. It's just it's I don't get it, but I love it. <laughs> I was just so, so fascinated because, like, this is someone who's written love songs, who's lived, like, her own story, right? But that's what brought her back. And it's not that just, like, that happened. Like, she admitted it to 20-plus thousand people. And who knows? That's might have been something she said every night of her tour. I love it. I love it. And looking back on it, it's so much better now that I know what she was talking about. You're going to find yourself after this is done randomly craving wanting to watch a Twilight movie. I'm telling you, the more you watch them, the just like more like comforting they become because they're consistent in their stupidity and their universe logic. And there's something just for me so comforting. Like the world is falling apart right now. But damn it, if you don't put on Twilight, the biggest problem out there is the Volturian. Bella wanted to get laid. Like it's so good. I felt like this one too had rewatchability that was better than the last one. I think you could rewatch the first one, like Twilight. But this one, uh, like I said, I saw it twice and I had like pretty good recall the conversations and what was going on. So I was, I was happy about that. It didn't feel like I didn't feel dead inside, I guess is a good way to put it. <laughs> well, here's the thing. New moon really is the weakest in all of it because it Bella only works with Edward. And I think we talked about this because Bella's hella boring and Jacob's hella boring. So you need Edward who is also really boring, but he's just so fucked up. He's fascinating. With him comes the Cullens, too. Absolutely. And just like, you know, you mentioned Jacob. After New Moon, I was really down on Jacob. I'm like, why is this even here? It feels like we stopped here for no reason on this story that was going like 100 miles per hour. I think we could have skipped New Moon, to be honest with you. Maybe you pepper in something because you do need some details that we learn in New Moon. But New Moon feels like a lot of exposition for this film, which is so weird. Well, first off, the entire series is exposition. Perfect. <laughs> never listened to Twilight before. I read them like 15 years ago. Now I've been listening to Twilight on audiobook this year. And I bring this up because I just finished um, Eclipse a few weeks ago. And the movie at least makes the characters smarter than they are in the books because in the books it literally takes them two-thirds of the way through to realize oh shit victoria is after us again versus like <laughs> i'm not kidding in the movie they get there real quick they're like oh victoria was here those dumb dummies don't even figure that out till like the book is 80 oh percent done they don't even like realize that there's new vampires in seattle till two-thirds of the way through the book like they're really stupid they're deeply wow. stupid in the books it's amazing wow that's awesome i mean i mean it's I'm all, it's awesome because I'm a movie watcher. So, uh, <laughs> like, I was glad they did that because New Moon felt like it's like set up, set up, set up, set up, set up. Italy, you know, 
this one, I think they maybe were aware of that and kind of structured it a little bit differently. But I don't want to get too ahead of myself. Every every week I read the back of the DVD. So here goes. It all begins with a choice. <laughs> In the third chapter of Stephanie Meyer's phenomenal Twilight series, interesting, Bella Swan is surrounded by danger as Seattle is hit by a string of murders and an evil vampire continues her quest for revenge. In the midst of it all, Bella is forced to choose between her love, Edward Cullen, and her friend, Jacob Black, knowing that her decision may ignite the ageless struggle between vampire and werewolf. The second part of that could be slapped on any of the DVDs. <laughs> I cannot wait till you get to Breaking Dawn. I cannot wait till you see the resolution of the love triangle. I cannot wait. Oh, yeah. We're going to talk a lot about that triangle, I feel like. Can't today. wait. Oh, my <laughs> God. I can't wait for you to figure it out. You're not going to figure it out. I'm not even going to try. I want to be surprised. Um... You're going to be disgusted. <laughs> So a little uh, a little um, production notes before we talk about some of our favorite scenes here. So Chris Weitz was so busy completing New Moon, I think we discussed that last time, that he said no to directing this one. So we get our third director in three films. But before they decided on David Slade, Paul Weitz, which is his brother, Drew Barrymore, James Mangold, and J.A. Bayona, who I'm not sure who that one is, they were all considered... I thought Drew Barrymore would have been an interesting choice. Like, he would have been an, great. Like it would, I think it would have been an upgrade. Um, we, we did a movie here, Whip It. Which is love like a Whip really, It! Yeah, I love Whip It too. It was like a big surprise here, and it was fun. By the way, guys, check out that episode. We had a real roller derby person on, Queen Elizabeth II, and that was one of my, my favorite episodes. It was early on in the run. But I thought Drew Barrymore would have done a really awesome job here. But no, yeah. they decided on this guy, David Slade. And when I first read it, I thought it said David Spade. I was very intrigued. <laughs> <laughs> David Spade would have done a very weird job, so I support him. <laughs> oh, man. David Slade, he was an interesting choice because famously in an interview, he had ripped the Twilight series. And, and I wanted to pull up the quotes, and I got it. And again, I don't even know really what he was known for before this. But uh, the interview asked him, you know, what movie that he was going to see. And I think the interviewer brought up Twilight, and he said, Twilight drunk? No, not even drunk. First of all, as, as you and I know, Twilight drunk is awesome, but yeah. I digress. Twilight on acid? No, not even on acid. Twilight at gunpoint? Just shoot me. That was his quote. And what then they <laughs> and then they hire him to direct this movie. I have such a bone to pick with people shit on stuff geared towards teenagers, especially like female teenagers like just fuck off like this dude was like in his 40s like fuck off it's not for you you don't have to shit on it you know what i mean like it just really bothers me yeah and then he had this whole apology of like oh once i read the books and watched the movies i got don't really lie into it. <laughs> oh don't fucking lie just be like it's not for me i made that other shitty ass vampire movie so they offered me this one and i'm a generic white guy so you know i fall upwards like, <laughs> If he just came out and said that, I'd be like, you know what, David Slade, begrudgingly, I respect you. You know, you hit the nail on the head. Like, I, I'm not into, like, horror stuff, but he had done some vampire things before. Oh, what were they? 30, uh, days, 30 Days of Night. That's the Josh Hartnett vampire movie in fucking Alaska. We're like, oh, sun's going down. And it just goes down. It's like daylight. Then it goes down. And then it's dark for 30 days. That's not how that happens. <laughs> I feel like it on my soapbox for a second. Oh, that movie pissed me. 
Yeah, I mean, I, again, I wasn't too. Fr- I knew the title and stuff, and I had never watched it. I didn't realize it took place in Alaska. So wow, bones to pick here. And, and you like this this Twilight film, so I, I guess your, your bone to pick is not necessarily with his directing here. It's just I don't know. <laughs> I, again, an interesting choice for this film and again they're pivoting to their third director in three films and i don't know it's weird i have a feeling so i have i have this theory because up until breaking dawn i think has bill condon and that's the same director for breaking dawn one and two i have a feeling that summit and i think Catherine hardwick touches on this when we talked about it in that episode it just seems like summit nickel and dimed this franchise up until the end and i have a feeling they nickel and dimed each of these directors and that's why it's the same story oh i was too busy finishing this movie to go on to the next one i think it was probably just an unpleasant experience working with don trying mm. to like you cut costs in my opinion like this is nobody said anything but it's suspect that such a wildly successful franchise can't hold a director right yeah because okay so we'll go back to this again harry potter like they flip-flop directors for a while um at the beginning mind you there's so many more movies than that one but the, and then they settled on someone. They're like, let's just do it, you know. They never got to that point here. And, and like, if it's the same guy for Breaking Dawn, as you say, sure. But from what you've told me, Breaking Dawn should just be one really long movie, not two separate ones. It is one very long movie. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I mean, again, it is weird, and we don't have to get on our soapbox again. And the fact that like this is just another generic white dude when they started out so strong with a woman and you know the first installment is so unique and so i don't know like it's like oh shit this surprised us let's change it up a bit a little bit but yeah i mean david slade joined and of course this movie was going to be success uh but i don't know i don't know Uh, again i would love to have seen that drew barrymore take i agree one thing watching it this time because i've seen it a lot of times is how like much they glammed up the cast how they glammed up Bella in particular, where in the first one, she's just like a, she's a pretty girl next door type, but now like she's like styled more and like she's lit better. And it's just like, you can just tell a man did that. Like <laughs> the whole point of the story, the book's perspective is like, Bella doesn't know she's that special. She's special. So <laughs> makes it very obvious that everyone's salivating after her in this one. But in the first one, like it's more introspective it's a smaller movie it's a smaller scale i feel like it just works better yeah i mean i definitely agree with that and speaking of kristen stewart and bella one of the only production notes that i read about was that that she's wearing a wig the entire time because she had just shot the runaways so did you notice the wig i did and if you listen to the commentary she talks how much she hates that wig is a good wig day or a bad wig day in each shot. <laughs> like, it, it's very obvious. The hair is, like, dull and it doesn't move. Mm, that makes sense. And then the other note I had on her was that she uh, received a high school diploma one week before filming Bella's graduation scene. So it, it meant a lot to her, apparently, according to whoever put this fact in IMDb, which I'm guessing is Tiger Beat magazine. But I wanted to mention <laughs> it because this, this is high school slumber party, you know? Exactly. And, it's important to remember, too, like, she's around the same age that she's supposed to be, which doesn't always happen on this show. Yeah, she's 18 in Twilight. So, yeah, she's nineteen twenty, so she's, like, 20-ish when she's filming this, 19 or 20. Yeah. This is the last high school Twilight movie, by the way. Yes, and for those of you out there who have a bone to pick with that, whatever. We can't stop here just because it doesn't fall in a, in the high school range. You gotten shit for that? Not officially. We'll just <laughs> say, like, you know, there are certain people who are very into semantics in my life. 
but <laughs> spiritually breaking dawn part one and two is a high school movie very juvenile <laughs> take your word for that and again we're doing a series here and i think again it was marketed to younger people so it fits in we're not just like you know much of your chagrin we're not doing con air and pretending it's a high school movie it just occurred to me the boys are still in high school at the reservation in La Push. So screw it. Even though it doesn't take place in their high school, even though the wolf boys are never in high school, (laughs) they don't make those wolf boys do much of anything other than walk around shirtless. (laughs) You're absolutely right. Um, So, you know, the same cast is returning here for a lot of the roles. Robert Pattinson, as we've mentioned a lot here, Taylor Lautner is back and still, well, I don't know if he's as jacked. I actually didn't like take notes on that, but <laughs> doing the best he can. <laughs> he's still doing his thing. Peter Fascinelli still here. We did get a big replacement though. Ugh. So you were in a fan. So Bryce Dallas Howard. I think she's is... fine. I don't think that she needed to be replaced. I agree with that. Like I don't understand it at all. But because okay, Bryce Dallas Howard, a name, sure, but she's still especially at this time, too, not someone who's going to bring people to the theaters. You know, I was kind of confused by this. Uh, and the name of the person who played Victoria before this is... Charles Lefebvre. Ah, uh, yes. I thought she did a good job as Victoria. She got burned. She, like, she was actually really upset because she was all prepared to return. And so they replaced her because they said, oh, scheduling conflicts. But she, in her mind, she had worked that out. And up until, like, a week before she was replaced... She was telling people she was about to go film a clip, so like getting excited for it, and they just they got rid of her for a bigger name. I really think it's shitty what they did to her. It's stupid. It's stupid because honestly, I think people who are into Twilight are going to watch this movie anyway. You don't have to bring other people in, especially with Bryce Dallas Howard. Like I'm not dissing her or whatever, but I don't know. It's not a game changer. It's unnecessary. It just goes to show how much the people at the top of this franchise had no fucking clue what they were doing. And this franchise succeeded despite their like best efforts just to bomb it. Like they had no idea what they were doing because <laughs> they didn't understand it. Like I say this every episode and I already said it. There's something hypnotic about this stupid story and they just kept on trying to tinker with it. And like Twilight be Twilight, man. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of casting notes here when it comes to, like, this person should have been this, you know, this role, but they cast this person. Whatever. The only one I wrote down was that this guy, Xavier Samuel, played Riley Beers, but Tom Felton and Channing Tatum were both considered for the role. So I thought that was interesting. (laughs) Did Channing Tatum consider himself for the role? Or was it just some coked out executive be like, Channing Tatum, get him on the phone. Come on. That is yeah. old franchises back then. This is 2010. <laughs> it was G.I. Joe. He's not going to go be a supporting part in Twilight. Come on. Especially this one, honestly, you know, like this is like a one-off. Like it just, it, it makes no sense. It really makes no sense. But the point is like, if you look up these quote unquote facts, almost every actor has someone like that. Like, oh, I wouldn't be surprised if there was one like, Tom Cruise almost replaced Anna Kendrick as Jessica, you know? <laughs> you just don't know what this kind of shit. So, so, I mean, she was the big replacement, Bryce Dallas Howard. Um, for the most part, everyone else turned. A- anyone else in the cast you want to mention, or you just want to jump into the goodies here? I mean, it's it's basically we're working with the same people we had in a New Moon and Twilight. Now, I, I guess we should mention that Dakota Fanning is back with the Volteri, but I was disappointed because <laughs> I thought we would get... 
I thought we would get my guy here. And I'm assuming, yeah, he comes back because there's gifts I haven't seen of him. That's Michael Sheen's character. So he's not here, but we got we get some Voltaire anyway. But regardless, let's get into it. What do you want to talk about with Eclipse? I mean, I think we, it's really about the love story and the love triangle. So I want to turn it around on you. And what did you think? <laughs> I mean, if you want to talk about the lo- love triangle, sure. Um, it was in my topics to discuss. The top of my list for sure. It's a little interesting, right? Because <laughs> we end the last film with a proposal. And I just assumed that we would get the answer to that. And we kind of do. Bella said no officially. And a lot of this film is about her finding reasons to say no. Logical ones. People kind of convincing her, even through the power of flashbacks, that she shouldn't accept this proposal. And yet she's determined to accept this excited for it and what the part of the deal is like she needs to be turned into a vampire and she picks a specific date which is like a week before her birthday or something like that and you know this is all gonna turn into her big celebration which alice who's become the party planner of the series alice right am i correct learning their names (laughs) yeah i'm getting better i'm getting better he's like is alice gonna plan the wedding and your conversion ceremony or everything so before we get into the love triangle, I kind of want to just discuss Edward's take on all this. Edward is a very conservative vampire. <laughs> he won't have sex till he's married, despite waiting all these vampire years for this to happen. I thought we were going to get a sex scene here. We certainly get an intimate scene. I don't know. What, what happened in this scene? Look, they didn't have sex, right? Oh, it, what happened in this scene is this whole series was written by a Mormon. <laughs> Come on, that's a huge tenet of the religion, and I can say that because I grew up Mormon. I grew up an Alaskan Mormon. You're not allowed to have sex before marriage. Come on. <laughs> I get that, but it, it honestly, I know this. Uh, when did this film come out? 2010. I know it's 10 years old, but it still felt out of place in like a teen film. <laughs> it's it's weird. It's it confused me, but I again, I understood that there's a whole Mormon connection. But people are, like, even Bella's saying some logical things like, oh, in my culture, divorce happens a lot, and people don't get married at 18, and all this other kind of stuff. And Edward's convincing her, like, oh, it's really important to me. And then she's also not being, like, okay, backtrack a little. (laughs) Charlie, I did laugh both times I watched it. At, like Charlie's attempted sex talk with her. God, she just blurts <laughs> out, "I'm a virgin." It's like that is so cringe. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> that part makes me die a little inside. Okay, I thought you said cry a little inside. God, no. What? What? <laughs> it's ugh. No one's worried if Edward's a virgin. Why do we have to care about Bella? It's strange. Charlie's an interesting character, right? Because Charlie. There's times when I think he's, like, super depressed, and there's times where... <laughs> like, in the first film, I mean, and, and I just said I liked the first film, it wasn't clear how old he was. You later told me that he's supposed to be pretty young. In this, he kind of feels like a young dad, <laughs> because, I don't know, <laughs> the way he approaches things. And honestly, I hope he's a young dad. He doesn't look like a young dad, and, like, her mom doesn't look like she's 36. No, no. I'll tell you what, though. Her, her mom's a pretty lady. <laughs> He's very pretty. The way she says Alaska kind of drives me crazy, though. She puts the emphasis on the ka. She's like, Alaska. <laughs> not how we say that up there. I mean, I guess that's, I never thought about it, but I guess you would know more than me. That's interesting. 
like it's it's clear it's one of those words that like she like has read on paper but probably because no one ever wants to go to alaska because it kind of sucks has been like i've just seen that word never been there don't say that alaska sucks that that's that's not right that's your home state that's Old why people I go there yeah on their <laughs> cruises like yeah also has the most serial killers per capita in the nation or may, might be behind California. The most blockbusters, too? No, that one closed down. Okay, I forgot. <laughs> that was my blockbuster. I think we've talked about that. Yeah, we've talked about that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just quickly with the mom, we do get that segue that this felt very booked to me when they do go, when they go to Florida for, like, kind of no reason. You know what I mean? Well, it wasn't kind of no reason. Um, he sprung that on her because in the book, they're too stupid to realize it's Victoria, but they wanted to go do a reconnaissance mission and find out what was happening i think in the movie they know it's victoria and they want to go hunt for her and they want bella out of the way so that she's not a liability okay that makes more sense and then she springs it on like edward is basically inciting her in front of her dad so she can't say no so then she blindsides him and says well you have to take the tickets and the tickets are what kicked off new moon remember when she cuts herself she's opening the tickets oh same tickets because okay new moon and eclipse take place like literally two or three weeks after gotcha gotcha okay that makes more sense see we're we're learning we're building here because the vulturi like field trip took place during spring break and then they graduate like two months later gotcha okay Okay, that makes sense. Oh. <laughs> I only know this, by the way, because I just re-listened to the books, not because it's very obvious in these movies. I mean, again, that's why you're the guest. You're the expert. You're taking me on this journey. <laughs> that makes sense. Okay. So then, you know, they have their whatever conversations there. But let's get back to this love triangle here, right? So she <laughs> she agrees to marry Edward at a certain date, and then they could have sex or whatever. I don't know. Basically, yes. <laughs> But Jacob, um, one of the things that her dad says is like, oh, and, and I get it from a sense. He's like, you know, d- don't spend too much time with Edward. I don't trust that guy. But I want you to see your friend Jacob. Whatever. He doesn't know all the details, right? And Jacob apparently has been ignoring her for weeks. There's a lot of Edward and Jacob tension. Some good tension. Like tension that arguably is better than the last film, which I really like. Well, no, because they fought at the last at the end of the last movie, remember? No, I know that and I get why they fought that, but I'm I guess my point is more Edward goes away for a lot of the other film and it becomes kind of Jacob's story. And I don't know. That's why Charlie likes Jacob because Jacob pulled Bella out of her depression. From his perspective, ever since Edward came into Bella's life, she pieces out like whatever she wants to and then basically almost dies. She's done that twice now. Oh, yeah. I just, for me as the viewer, I need both Edward and Jacob to be in the same space to make Jacob relevant. Jacob on his own, I really don't care. I get why Charlie likes him. You know, I totally get that. But... I like the tension is between them and it's not like tension off screen tension like, oh, no, what's going to happen? Who's Bella going to choose? We know who she's going to choose. This perspective to me is so much better than the will she choose Jacob or not perspective, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, Jacob's just not a very interesting character, to be honest, (laughs) in my opinion. I don't know. I feel like she's like painted herself into a corner when she made Edward go away and she made Jacob like a semi-interesting foil to Bella or at least a reason to make Bella stop being so morose and then like she just doubled down on him and he's like I said he's he's just not that compelling I, I don't know there's something about him though in this film that I was like okay 
Not that I can get behind, but I've seen people like this. He's like a dude who has clearly, I don't want to say lost, it's not a competition, but they make it a competition, so maybe I should say that. He, he's kind of lost the Bella sweepstakes, and he's trying to figure out any way to change that fate. Like, he, he gives less of a fuck in this film when it comes to that kind of stuff. I don't understand it all the time, like, why he's so gung, gung-ho about, like, you know, you know but... He, he does make some interesting suggestions here, right? Like, I, I believe one of them is some kind of relationship where they could all be together. Or am I crazy? Did I, did I hear that or am I crazy? I think you're crazy. No, because he says like, oh, you can love more than one person. My friend does it. Yeah, he's basically saying, love me too, not let's go live in a thruple. Like, no, 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 no. Okay, to be clear, I didn't mean that. That would be fun. Mormon housewife wrote this. <laughs> like, you have to contextualize this. No, it's basically like, you may love Edward, but I know you love me too, and you have to make a choice. Oh, okay. I thought it was like, look, you know, like, I know you have your thing going with with him, but you can be open-minded. We can date too, whatever. I, I don't think so. <laughs> I could be wrong, but... I don't think so. Maybe I'm thinking too much of the 2020 interpretation. I'm just going to tell you, you should make a note and hold that thought, and we'll have more to talk about in Breaking Dawn. Okay, okay, okay. So I'll stop there. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, listen, this is the love triangle because this is, there's a resolution in the next movie. So this is basically the only movie where we're supposed to think that it is even a question between Edward and Jacob. Gotcha. Gotcha. My favorite dynamic here, sorry to like push on, it's that it's a hundred year old empire treating a 16 year old wolf boy as his peer. And I think that's really funny because I can't even give the time of day to a 21 year old. Can you imagine how much it has to eat Edward up inside that his teenage girlfriend is like making him equal to a 16 year old wolf boy because remember he's younger than bella so if bella's 18 jacob's mm-hmm. like 16 i actually like wrote that down in my notes it, it is a weird dynamic i think that edward doesn't say anything because he if he points that out that someone could just be like dude so why are you have a hundred year old into this teenager then why don't you date someone who's at least an adult right like okay i know i'm different than someone who's 50 or 60 right but like there's a big difference between a teenager and an adult we all know this so so like (laughs) edward could date someone except for the looks i suppose but he could date he should he should be dating someone in their like late 20s early 30s in terms of just like the way he looks if that's what if he wants to be like looking the same like and again i think he's aware of everything you just said i just think he's like if i throw if i put that card on the table Someone else is going to put the really obvious card here that, like, I shouldn't be messing with the high schooler. It's fair. I mean, also think about this, too. It's that he has to be around Jacob and hear all of Jacob's thoughts, and Jacob is a horny wolf boy. (laughs) (laughs) Like, there's something so fascinating to me about Edward, the character, because in the books, they also I think I've mentioned this before, too, about how he just has to listen to his parents and siblings bone all night because he doesn't have a mate like there's something so fascinating and just bizarre about this character that just like pulls me in every time edward is my favorite character by far and yet he wants to wait you know yet he wants to give it some time before or not give it some time really just get married 
before Diesel they... old-fashioned! <laughs> so dumb! What werewolf? Like, the marriage shouldn't even mean anything to an immortal being. I don't get it. Like, I don't get it. If anything, like, not people with Bella, but, like, you would think it would be the other way around. That, like, maybe, like, an indoctrinated teenager was like, oh, we should wait till marriage. And then you have this guy who's lived forever be like, no, trust me, I've lived a long time. (laughs) We don't need to get married. So in the books, I was going to say, in the books, he has some justification. I don't remember it. I think it's basically he wants to adhere to, like, his old-fashioned values, which I know they were still boning each other in 1914, like, without marriage. And Bella was, like, morally opposed to that because she didn't want to get married young like her parents. And she had no problem with premarital sex. It's so it's so weird. Like, I don't know what my perspective would be if I didn't know the Mormon thing. Um, that, like, Stephanie Meyer was Mormon and that thing we've talked about at nauseum. But it's... It really feels like this is being forced down our throats. I don't get it, but you know what? I'm glad it's here because it makes for fun conversation. And, you know, it it brings the tension out for long. (laughs) Again, I'm assuming, I'm assuming they do end up consummating this thing at some point. Don't spoil it for me. Again, (laughs) that just shows how little I know about later stuff. So I would assume. (laughs) I mean, all I can say is it reminds me of something I was either carved on a desk in junior high or written on a locker. I'm sure this was in your junior high, too. It's sex is evil. Evil is sin. Sins are forgiven. So I guess sex is in. That's all I can think of. (laughs) We get to this point in the story. Wow, that's classic. (laughs) I'll never forget that. I don't know why. Like, I have, yeah, 25 years on, still remember that. Yeah, I mean, it's something. uh... (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. I don't know. I don't even know where to go from here. Again, I like it. It has rewatchability. There's a lot of high school elements as well because we get a graduation here. What'd you think of uh, Anna Kendrick's speech? If. What's her character's name again? Jessica. Jessica, Jessica Stanley. When we were five, they asked us what we wanted to be when we grew up. Our answers were things like astronaut, president, or in my case, a princess. When we were 10, they asked again. We answered rock star, cowboy, or in my case, a gold medalist. But now that we've grown up, they want a serious answer. Well, how about this? Who the hell knows? (laughs) This isn't the time to make hard and fast decisions. This is the time to make mistakes. Take the wrong train and get stuck somewhere. Fall in love. A lot. (laughs) Major in philosophy because there's no way to make a career out of that. Change your mind and change it again because nothing's permanent. So make as many mistakes as you can. That way, someday, when they ask what we want to be, we won't have to guess. We'll know. Okay, I'll ask for one spoiler before I ask you that question. Do the high schoolers come back in later films? Because you said there's no more high school. They do. They come back in the fourth movie, and I won't tell you why, and then they're done. Okay, okay. 
Good to know. Good to know. That's all we need to know. I'm just curious if this is the last we'd see of them or not. God, no. They're not going to let Anna Kendrick not be in movies. <laughs> like, her career took off during this. Like, they're going to, like, they're going to fucking um, X-Men and Jennifer Lawrence hurt, like, <laughs> everything they can. And Anna Kendrick just saw a trailer for a new show she has on HBO Max. Still doing stuff. So, here's the thing about Twilight. I don't know. Do you watch Doctor Who? Have you seen Doctor Who when they talk about fixed points in time? Things were fated to happen. There's something about Twilight where it's a fixed point in time and it launched so many careers that it had to happen. Hmm. I mean, that makes sense. Whatever it was, right? Like casting director on point for at least the first film and, and that continued. So The music the- director too. Like Yes, yes. The music is always okay, did you notice? Our pets actually points this out in commentary on this for this movie. It's that Twilight has a habit of playing a song for like ten seconds and then it's done. Yeah, I mean that honestly like didn't strike me as too weird because that's very common in, in like teen films. Especially when they want to sell a soundtrack. <laughs> I think they, and like, like you've said this before, there's some good music on these soundtracks. This is the Black Keys, dude. Like, they got real bands for this shit. And I think, like, to be like, hey, you want to contribute to the soundtrack? And they're like, sure, but we have to be in the, the movie. So I'm sure they're just like, oh, 10 seconds of this. There you go. You're in the movie, Black Keys. I mean, and CeeLo has a song. CeeLo, the fuck you guy. Like, yeah. love this soundtrack. This this one is probably one of the best I think this is the Twilight are probably the best soundtracks for the series. And it did really well, this soundtrack. It's considered, I think, the best, like from what I was reading. Another Muse song on this. <laughs> she loves Muse. She loves, she writes Clearly. about them in the books too. Oh, wow. <laughs> Bella's graduation gift to Alice and Edward are Muse tickets. Like, she's upset. That's crazy. She's really into it. Okay, so I kind of was going to ask about this a little bit before, and then I totally forgot about it. But I need to bring it up again because I don't want to forget about it again. Do Charlie and Alice have a thing, or am I crazy? I don't know. Crazy, but I see it. I've never noticed it, but I see it. Like, at times I was like, oh, that's not that weird. Wait a minute. Isn't she in high school, too? He So he likes her because she always saves the day. So it's not, there's nothing, I'm thinking too sinister. There's nothing, like, I mean, he doesn't like her sexually. Oh, just remember, this was written by a bored Mormon housewife. It's never going to be that scandalous. You know, maybe I'm the fucked up one. And I just assume that like, uh-oh, someone said to, I think it was Bella probably. He was like, oh, so you like Alice? Like in that kind of way, like, it's okay for Alice to do something, you know? Because she hasn't, Edward's the fuck up. Of course he likes Alice. But it's just like, oh, I trust her, not like, hey, I'm a single guy. Because, like, I think quickly they talk about, like, oh, you know, you're you're a single guy. So it's like, I don't know. I was confused by this because then I'm like, wait a minute. This is her technically her high school friend. I know she's a lot older than that. I will say this. One, setting something up for the next movies with Charlie. Okay. And two, if they didn't style her like a middle-aged divorcee, I don't think we'd like you'd be picking up on that. Like, she does not look like a teenager in these movies at all well and that's what was confusing me because i was like oh you know i could see them being together they seem like they would compliment each other They're like wait a minute she's in high school and also her skill set which makes total sense because wait do we know how old alice is she turned like i think in like a, like the 20s i think okay but so she's not like actually that age so i mean you know or, or close she's to a it, teenager we'll james turned her and they get into that in the books that james remember the blonde vampire from the first movie oh yeah yeah, yeah. he oh, turned her into a vampire gotcha gotcha so 
it would make sense. Like she has a lot of traits that aren't necessarily something that a high schooler would have. You know, the fact that she wants to throw these parties and she seems to have a lot of knowledge on. on okay, I know high schoolers want to throw parties, but she's very organized. You know what I mean? She's a, she's like a socialite. She behaves like a yes. twenty-five or thirty-year-old socialite. Yes. She dresses like that. Like her hair isn't very teenagery. Like there's nothing about the way they have styled Alice that makes anybody think that she's anything but a grown-up. Exactly. So to me, I think her and Charlie, aside from the fact that, that Charlie thinks she's in high school, I think they actually would make a good couple because she seems Oh, like... no. We can't even get gross. No, but that's the problem. And then I get to that and I'm like, oh, wait, I keep forgetting because this looks like someone who could be a mom in a film or something, you know? Yeah, I'm so grossed out right now just thinking of all my friends dads when i was in high school and i'm so grossed out so exactly so that was another point in the film I'm like are they trying to build some tension here and then they're not because i'm not thinking stephanie meyer enough we'll put it that way yeah, you need context here and just also keep in mind that you're watching this from your lens of like a dude in his 30s <laughs> fair fair <laughs> I'm so grossed out by that thought. I'm sorry, okay? It's like Tarnished Twilight for me. Watch it again and you'd be like, fuck, I know what he's talking about. He's obsessed with Alice in the books, too. He's like, oh, is Alice coming over? It's See, okay, okay. So it's not just me who's like coming up with this shit. It is you. You're the one who's making that leap. How is that not a leap that, you know, society has taught us over the years? But it didn't tell me. To, you're telling on yourself right now, dude. No, what? I'm not. I'm. Look, I, I'm. I think that they have complementary personalities. She just happens to be stuck in theoretically an 18 year old's body. But is she? Who knows? Anyway, I would just say that if she had better chemistry with Jasper, you really wouldn't jump to that conclusion. You mean watching it or in the book? In general, Jasper is just <laughs> sort of. Like I, she doesn't do a lot to make you understand why any of the other Cullens are together. Okay, that was going to be a point that I was going to raise because we actually get some backstories here, and one of them is Jasper's. And then I forget that they're like right. Alice and Jasper are supposed to be together, right? Yeah, they're like married. They're vampire married, right? Yeah. I kept forgetting that, you know. Really? Yeah, because again, maybe I was shipping Charlie and Alice. I'm going to look this up. I can't be the only one who thinks this. Charlie and There's going to be some weird, gross fan fiction, and I'm not sure you want to read it. Oh, oh, you are so correct about this. Hundreds <laughs> upon hundreds <laughs> of A Alice Charlie fanfic. Hundreds. Ew. <laughs> oh, gross. Oh, but this is, by the way, this is why I don't mess with fanfic. They take that shit in weird places that make me very uncomfortable. <laughs> it's never like oh Alice and Charlie go solve a mystery. It's like Alice and Charlie. F I can't. I can't. It grosses me out. <laughs> uh, like one of them I'm just reading quickly. It's that she feels like Jasper is too old and a little too dangerous. And she's looking for a different kind of life. So she goes with Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to spoil yourself. You're going to spoil yourself for the book Okay, okay. Okay, I'll stop. I'll stop. I'll stop. I'll stop. I'll stop. Um. <laughs> oh, I'm so bummed out right now. You bum me out, man. So let's talk about the <laughs> let's talk about these backstories then. What do you think of Jasper's backstory as a confederate Texan? <laughs> 
just of course a white lady would make it like oh he was a confederate and make his backstory so romantic like my take on that is <laughs> jasper's a fucking racist like he's not a gentleman fought on the wrong side and then oh he was so chivalrous that's how he got murdered by the vampire it's so fucking stupid dude <laughs> i was like okay why are you starting that that's like I, I might offend a lot of people by saying this, but that's almost like starting like, oh, he, he was a Nazi. He didn't have any op- opposition to it, whatever. And then he became a vampire. He's like, wait a minute, why? Sorry, if you're offended by that, you need your supporting fucking racists. Like, no, the Confederacy <laughs> is bad. They fought to enslave people. They are terrible. There's nothing genteel about their background. I hate, I, I hate that she made him that. Like, she could have done anything. And she's like, oh, no. Literally he's- anything. Yeah. It's like, oh, he's a southern gentleman. Oh, look at him. He's chivalrous. That's how the lady vampires get him. Oh, no. It's, it's oh. It just it drives me fucking crazy. Because you know the reason why America has so many of these fucking despicable, like, statues to uh, Confederate, like, leaders? It's the fucking uh, white ladies in the 20s. Like, oh, we must honor our southern heritage. They, they <laughs> lost you fucking lost get over it you fought to like enslave black people fuck you like there's nothing there's nothing good about that background nothing drives me crazy it was an interesting choice i'll put it that way Uh, it's so it's such a white lady thing to do and i say that as a white lady (laughs) we can talk about rosalie's background because i fucking love rosalie's background okay okay i was just gonna mention um because there's a scene i want to talk about a little bit later that like Jasper has experience with with younger vampires. I forgot what they're called. Sorry. Uh, newborns. <laughs> newborns. Yes, because he was kind of in a similar situation in the past, as we see in this film, and a lot of similar things happen. But no, okay, let's talk about Rosalie's <laughs> backstory. She got gang raped to death. Yeah, let's get into it. Okay. Yeah. Um, considering like we were talking about, oh, you know, she's. Stephanie Meyer is a very conservative person and all that jazz. And then we get this. I was like, oh, my God, this is intense. Okay, So what are your thoughts on, on, you know, her backstory? I forgot. Like, it's kind of also like high society. It seems like a lot of these vampires came from high society. Correct me if I'm wrong. (laughs) She was trying to marry into high society. I think she's basically just trying to literally flip the less stories and invert it so bella wants to have sex rosalie didn't and it was forced on her bella doesn't want to get married that's all rosalie wanted to do like that i think that's i think that's honestly how she came up with rosalie's story gotcha it's used as kind of like a foil to bella like oh this is why it's marriage isn't all what it's cracked up to be which sounds really fucked up coming out of my mouth considering what happens to her you know this is a it's interesting. She says it to make her not want to be a vampire. It's not about like marriage isn't all it's cracked up to be. She she says, I have a problem with you because you're picking a life I wouldn't pick for myself. Which again, okay, so, you know, we'll expand it there. I totally get that. And it's something that I think is important. And it's something that, frankly, uh, Rosalie sells me on a little bit that Bella quickly dismisses. Oh, it's different. Or so something along those lines. <laughs> I just like it for the scene at the end when she bursts into the like her fiance's room in a in her fucking wedding dress, ready to kill him. It's so good. This was like totally like I think when the director David Slade was like 
thinking about doing this film and reading the script, he's like, oh, I could have fun with this. You know, it seems very like horror film guy stuff, if that makes sense. And I think, though, that they've messed it up because I, I'd have to go back and rewatch, but I'm pretty sure they made her have red eyes in that scene. And in the hmm, book, that's she's, interesting. she's very proud of herself having just straight up killed them and didn't actually eat them. <laughs> So oh, okay. Rosalie's always been a vegetarian, and she brags about that to Bella. She should have had golden eyes. She's just a straight-up murderer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. That's great. <laughs> I like Rosalie. She's one of my favorites. She's just a bitch, and I think that's funny. <laughs> I get that. I definitely get that. Okay, uh, some scenes I wanted to talk about, besides from these flashbacks, and I know we're jumping everywhere, but hey, we're doing Twilight Forever, so since maybe we'll be vampires and do this for the next hundred years, who knows? Absolutely, so. I can talk about Twilight whenever, truly. <laughs> Eventually, we get to a point where the wolves and the vampires decide to unite to destroy, uh, you know, the... Well, okay, I guess we'll backtrack a little. There are these... Ki- we open with it, but there are these killings in Seattle. They're vampire-related killings, obviously. Everyone's concerned about it. I thought it was pretty cool to get some... I don't know if it's actually Seattle, but I thought it was pretty cool to like pull from the setting that wasn't just Forks or Italy. And we, we, we see you know, the, like this vampire gang form. We find out that this is Victoria kind of raising some minions to raise hell and destroy the good guys, essentially. This awakes a lot of people's suspicions not just our cullen clan but the voltaire as well and we'll get to them too but before like they're even in the picture the wolves and the regular vampires i suppose the cullens decide to link up despite years and years and years of vampire wolf fighting you know we even get that scene earlier where they're at the reservation or bella's at the reservation with Jacob and we get like a little backstory there. So this is a movie of a lot of flashback. But one of the scenes that like really stuck out to me was when Jasper, I guess, and Dr. Cullen, I just call him Dr. Cullen. Carlisle. 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 Carlisle, yes. Carlisle. They're basically training everybody like this is how you fight newborns. And there's a cool thing, you know, I, I thought it was cool. Like wolves and vampires working together to train. What he's saying or what people are saying is pretty obvious. Like never take your eye off the enemy or things like that. <laughs> so dumb. But they're <laughs> so deeply stupid. They need that like basic level. It fit in the world, you know? And there's kind of like a cool music playing in the background. And it's like, let's go. And they're like kind of duels and stuff. I don't know. It was fun to see like basically most of our principal fantasy characters together in one moment trying to unite for the common good. It just it just seemed that sticks out to me. I, I mean, yeah, because I'm always down for fighting. Fun. <laughs> <laughs> like Connor's my favorite movie. Of course I want to see people fight. Love the I love <laughs> the end fight scene too a lot. Yeah, no, that's in my notes to talk about for sure. I mean, we could talk about it, but before we get there, the Volteri are alerted to what's going on here, right? Like, so they show up. It's a whole clusterfuck of things. I don't know. I like Dakota Fanning. She's cool in this film. It's interesting. I think her brother is there or something. Is he one of them? Because he's just like, sister, or unless that's just a line in the film i don't fucking know. I think it's just like they I, I don't think they're like i don't know actually i i haven't read the twilight compendium that deep to know if they're <laughs> like, 
have that, by the way. I don't know if they're blood related or if it's like they're brother and sister the same way Edward and Alice are brother and sister. You know what I mean? Oh, true. Gotcha. <laughs> before we get to this big end fight scene and stuff, were there any other scenes before this that you wanted to talk about? We haven't talked about the almost sex scene, really. I mean, we've danced around it, but I mean, let's get into it then. Almost sex scene. So Bella and Edward are almost going to have sex. I thought they were going to have sex. I'm like, oh, finally, this is the moment. What are your thoughts on this? This is this is your forum to talk about almost sex. You really were into Edward and Bella. You were waiting for it. When she hitches her leg over him, that's like, oh, this might happen. Stop trying to take your clothes off. You want to do that part? Not tonight. Believe me, I want to. I just want to be married to you first. You really make me feel like I'm some sort of, like, villain trying to steal your virtue or something. It's not my virtue I'm concerned about. Are you kidding? It's just one rule i to leave unbroken. It might be too late for my soul, but I will protect yours. I know it's not a modern notion. It's not modern. It's ancient. I'm from a different era. Things were a lot less complicated. And if I'd have met you back then, I would have courted you. Would have taken chaperone strolls and <laughs> iced tea on the porch. Mm. I may have stolen a kiss or two, but only after asking your father's permission. I would have got down on one knee. And I would have presented you with a ring. So, like, everybody was really into that. And that was the scene. And, like, everybody was losing their minds for it. Personally, I don't understand why they didn't bone. (laughs) (laughs) Because you have to wait till marriage. Obviously. I just, I don't. (sighs) People are wild, man. Like, by the time this is all done, we probably talked for 12 hours. And all it is is about, it's about a teenage girl who wants to bone her boyfriend. The hoops and jumps she has to get through to bone him. That's all this is really about. It's kind of beautiful. <laughs> I was waiting till you said it because, you know, like, if there's a game that people would play, <laughs> you know, when they listen to our Twilight Forever episodes, that would probably be it. Like, take a shot every time Kate talks about Bella's 
only true, you know, well, things that she she really wants. Yeah, her goals in life. <laughs> bone and turn into a vampire. And this, <laughs> this really moves the ball forward for both because they make the deal that it happens after graduation. So now she's graduated. And that's why Jacob's freaking out. And that's why it's like, I can only see Jacob until after, you know, until I'm turning me, blah, 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 blah. That's why Jacob is acting so intense because he only gets Bella for X amount of time. And she wants to get laid. So, like, <laughs> I told you. He tried her best. He's just a prude. <laughs> you know, but I liked seeing that side of Bella. It felt real teenager to me. So I was all for it. I, like you, didn't know why it didn't happen. I don't think it would have ruined the story or anything. Stephanie Meyer would have gotten shit 100%. <laughs> That's all it is. <laughs> fair. Fair. But, you know, they, they, they got close here. They got close, so... I was all for it. That's why Eclipse was like, oh my god, people were looking forward to this movie. I think if you looked forward to a Twilight movie, you looked forward to all of them. But like, this is the turning point when shit starts to get real. Again, this is a memorable one. This is very memorable scenes. The lack of sex scene is is interesting. <laughs> so like, I thought they were going to do it. But 10% of me, 10% of me was like, this is not going to happen. Because... Not just like all the other factors, but I was like, it wasn't in a point in the movie that was, I can't think of a better word right now. So I'll just say it, it was, it didn't feel like the climax of the movie, you know? <laughs> you know what I mean? And I felt like they've invested so much in it that there has to be some other conflict. So if they just banged right there, I don't know, the placement wasn't right. Considering we ended at a, like a, will you marry me? I thought that we might get it in a different place. Who knows? I could be wrong. Don't spoil it for me. But it was interesting that it didn't happen. And I, I get it. Like, And I get why like E.L. James took Fifty Shades of Grey from this kind of stuff, as you've taught me. Because it's like, yeah. let's just go for it, right? Like, let's like... Just bang it out. Bang it out, baby. <laughs> it's like, this is what would happen if... Like, us Twilight fans got what we really wanted. Like, in E.L. James' mind, you know? Like, <laughs> it me out. This is just, just, it's why I don't like fan fiction for the obvious reasons, which we've gotten into today. <laughs> oh, man, you weirdos. I love weirdos. I don't like weirdos who make fictional characters bang when they don't actually bang. That's just like... <laughs> It's just like a bridge to, you don't, listen, that kind of weirdo is Robert Pattinson weirdo. I guarantee you he's not out there writing fan fiction. And no offense to anyone who does write fan fiction. It just bums me out. It's a personal thing. Yeah. I'm banging mean, your drums. I'm with you. I'm not dissing someone who writes it. It's a great way to get into writing, right? But like a lot of it takes a weird turn. Not all of it. Not all of it, right? Like a spec script for something is technically fan fiction, right? And people do that all the time, write spec scripts. But I know what kind of fan fiction you're talking about. I think they call it slash fiction. I don't know. It's also to me, I'm getting off on a tangent, but it's basically like I think everybody's capable of coming up with their own characters and creating their own universe so i would always much rather read somebody's original take on an original situation rather than here's harry potter solving a ghost mystery you know what i mean while he's banging out ron it's it's just like it's, it's i i don't like that i honestly view it as some kind of like ip theft like this is stephanie meyer's weird fucked up world she gets to live in it and create in it so it's always weird to me when somebody else takes something that you've done 
and makes it their own. And I, I personally just don't like that. I don't like it when people, you know, take what I've done for Pajiba and like reimagine it and like redo it. So I, I just don't like that. I'm not trying to be a dick, but like that's happened. People made fanfic of your Pajiba articles. Not fanfic, but I've definitely had people take what I've written and then source it back to me for sure. hundred percent. Damn, that sucks. I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's it's the nature of writing. And I think the counterpoint is, is that they get inspired and they write it. But I personally, like, we're going to get so much hate for this. Um, <laughs> create your own world. At Twilight, inspire it, but go do your own thing. And I know no one will take me up on this, but guys, I have a contest right now. Find a, a Kate Hudson Pajiba article. Write me some good fanfic for it. God, <laughs> I will quietly seethe about that, just so y'all know. <laughs> oh man i I didn't wow the world of fanfic is interesting right because i know like there's fanfic that exists for real people too right like i don't think it's fanfic from like a book but like slash as you're saying like oh let me put these two real people together and that's even more weird because it's like what are you you're getting real off track but you know that there is a group of people who still think robert pattinson and kristen stewart are together to this day right what this is very on track this is the exact kind of stuff i want to talk about what the fuck are you serious and they think that there's a whole hidden code and meaning and i think they even they have kids no you're kidding i think that kristen stewart is a lesbian for show and that behind the scenes she and rob are together and madly in love and that there's like they drop clues for everybody oh my god if we're offending anyone out there i'm sorry but Oh my god. Oh, I want to offend those people. I want them to come after me. I want them to share all their crazy yarn walls with me. Because this is the shit I do like. <laughs> I love crazy conspiracies. Like it just sucks that we have a president that like promotes them because now you have to like go into hiding about how much you love conspiracies, lest people think like Pizzagate person, which I am not. <laughs> oh my god, celebrity conspiracies are my favorite thing ever. Eclipse, the episode where we piss everyone off. But <laughs> I know, I'm like, it's like I have a little checklist of who I can shit on. <laughs> I just keep it up. I'll just say that these are all my own personal opinions, and I'm an idiot, so you can choose to ignore them because they're the rantings of an idiot, a sober idiot, but an idiot. Oh, I mean. We have to do like a scorecard of like what films you talked about sober and what films you talked about non-sober, I suppose. <laughs> so far it's only been Moon, but I'm pretty sure I'm going to get drunk to talk about Breaking Dawn Part 1. Well, New Moon, Drunk New Moon was two episodes, so for me it's tied. We had split into two episodes, but... That was like four hours of just drunk and ranting. It was great. And I managed to not shit on people versus today I'm just shitting on everyone, so... So maybe drunk Kate Hudson is actually a nicer person. She 1,000% is. Drunk Kate Hudson is the nicest person ever. Like, everyone is my friend when I'm drunk. There you go. There you go. So, new moon, you know, you got to break it out. Maybe we'll do it later, later in the day or the evening so that... (laughs) You feel better about yourself, and I'll feel better about myself about our beverage choices, but (laughs) not that it matters in quarantine. God, no. It's just really hungover Saturday. That's why I did a whole Pajiba Zoom thing, and I was just tanked. It was great. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, if there's no other scenes that we need to dive into, we can talk about this big ending. Here's the thing about Twilight scenes. They're like, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) It's when you try to, like, take 
scenes out from the overall holistic view of the what the fuckery, it's like, yeah, we can like talk about these scenes, but really we got to talk about the whole epic symphony of chaos to really get the full flavor of a clip. Fair, fair. I'm just going to remind us to see if there's anything else that I was like. Oh, I mean, there's that. I did like that Jacob Pella Edward camping scene. So just want to mention, um, just want to put it out there. We don't need to like get into the nitty gritty of it because there's not much to it. But if you've watched the movie, you know exactly what I'm talking about. <sighs> the lines, like, yeah, I wrote this one down where Jacob is. Or is it Jacob or is it? Who says this one? The faster you take off your clothes, the faster you'll get warm. Survival 101. Someone says that. That's Jacob. Okay, Come on. I, I thought so. I just wanted to confirm it. <laughs> like how she also just blows off high school to go hang out with Jacob all day and Charlie's like cool that's awesome (laughs) it's so weird I did write this note down Robert Pattinson and Taylor Lautner have acting styles that very much clash in terms of the amount that they care about what they're doing and how they you know what I'm saying like how they see their characters and you don't notice it more than this like tent scene Sleep with all that teeth chattering going on. Forget it. She may need her toes someday. And let's face it, I am hotter than you. Get your hand off me. Keep your hands off her. Don't fight. She gets sick, it's on you. Wow, you're freezing, Bella. Relax. You'll warm up soon. Faster if you took your clothes off. Jake. Survival 101. Robert Pattinson's like, even though he's intense, he's laid back. He's got a kind of calm way of delivering things. And Taylor Lautner's like, I'm here! You know? Like, I can't describe it, but I hope you know what I mean. I totally do. I think that also plays down to werewolves are passionate. Like, they're always emotional, overflowing, and vampires are very cool and removed from it. Also... I think Taylor Lautner really wanted something to prove and really wanted this to be a launching like pad for him. And I think Robert Pattinson was probably thinking about what he was going to eat for lunch. <laughs> I think he takes his job seriously, but I don't think he took Twilight too seriously. <laughs> but I love it. Like Robert Pattinson seems like he's in a franchise that's more geared for adults. I mean, I know, I know the girls like him. I'm not saying that. I guess... Taylor Lautner, to me, feels like he's in a movie like The Host. That sounds shitty, but like he feels like he's in like a, a Percy Jackson movie, not that I've seen one. But like kind of like a YA thing, and I know this is YA. Robert Pattinson is acting like he's in something different. Something, um... <laughs> I, I'm trying not to be condescending to Taylor Lautner. Then at the end of the day, I'll say it. Robert Pattinson is a better actor than Taylor Lautner. Period. At least at the time, we don't know now, Taylor Lautner could have taken 
taking a lot of classes and he can... He's in law school now. I think he stopped acting. Oh, well, good for him anyway. Kate, you and I have learned the lesson that we can't rip on teenage actors too much. <laughs> That's the point. Taylor Lautner was a baby. Yes. He was like 17 or 18. Robert Pattinson was like 25. He's been doing this since fucking Harry Potter. So that's 2004. So by that time, he had six years of major franchise movies under his belt. And he had played against opposite Kristen Stewart consistently. This is his third movie. This is Taylor Lautner's second movie with Kristen Stewart. He was up against Robert Pattinson. And that is not a knock against him. I am very vocal that I just don't like werewolves. And <laughs> they're supposed to be like super passionate and shit. I just think they're fucking boring. So Taylor Lautner's off on his own right now. And I think he's very happy. I know that he was campaigning for Bernie Sanders in the middle of nowhere, California last fall. Oh, okay. <laughs> he's like politically active. Like shit. I encourage everyone to get out of Hollywood. It doesn't seem like a very, it, I know it's not a nice place. I lived there. It's not a nice <laughs> place. It's not a nice industry, and I really wish him the best because it's just better to take your money and run. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I get that. I'll put it this way. I wouldn't be surprised if he like gets the acting bug again and we see him in other projects like 10 years from now. We're like, oh, he's not that bad. Who knows? We'll see. But if he's happy doing the law school thing, that's fine too. Whatever. I feel like I need to Google it and make sure that he is in law school. <laughs> I don't see it in his Wikipedia page, but that might not matter thought he was and whatever he's doing i hope he's happy but also like it was a kid and i i feel pretty confident in saying this i think they're very truly good child actors teen actors are few and far between because you are just so wrapped up in your own emotions and your own bullshit to be that vulnerable is like scary like the only ones you see that can really pull it off are the ones who've been doing it since they were like two years old like jodie foster yeah no for sure for sure and it's a lot, again, this is a lot for him. This isn't like he's just playing some kid in a random teen film. Like, he's an important part of a beloved franchise coming to screen. So, I mean, all the love to Taylor Lautner in that sense, right? It's the same in the book, too. I will say this. The okay. character of Jacob sucks. Like, even the, like, super professionally trained narrator in the audiobook, it's like, it's he's just angry. He's just pissed off and angry all the time. And, like, I'm very confident shitting on Stephanie Myers a little bit. That's how she wrote Jacob. So you take this, like, Edward gets to be, like, a mirror, right? Jacob is, like, this fire and brimstone. Like, he's the antithesis of Edward. So to ask an 18-year-old to make that nuanced when anger, once you introduce that into character work, it just colors everything, it's impossible. Again, I didn't read the books if, with that context. I get it, and I definitely feel it, so <laughs> so I don't know. I, I, I wish all the love and respect to Taylor Lautner for having to do this, and do, I just hope he's happy. We'll put it that way. I just hope he's happy. And again, if it comes from the source material, fine. I just think they make Edward seem like he's so much more in control than Jacob. Yeah. That's the dichotomy between vampires and werewolves. Vampires are always in control. Werewolves are lust, sex, and passion, and vampires are like the opposite of that. <laughs> Clearly, we saw when uh, Edward had a chance for some lust, sex, and passion, he declined. So Because they're removed from humanity, and what is humanity? Sex and procreation. It's by definition. It's what keeps us going. It's how we get the next generation. There you go. We're getting we're getting deep in this episode. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I will say even Stephanie Meyer would know that dichotomy when she wrote the book. I believe you. It, uh... <laughs> <laughs> 
Final fight scene, or, you know, big fight scene. Let's talk about it. You said you were really drawn to it. You said you really enjoy it. What do you like about this? So, Victoria's gang has finally found them, and we have a... Again, there's not much to talk about. This is a good classic fight scene. Volteri come eventually. Tell us about it. I mean, it's just vampires and werewolves fucking up other vampires. And I really like it how they rip off Victoria's head in the end. Oh my god. They were not subtle about this. I love it. I love how the bad vampires always beat like really gruesome ends that we see on screen. It's great. Yeah, they don't fuck around. It's like, holy shit, like her head. God. I wrote that down. I was like, what? When he just flips her over and then pops her head off. Snap right off. So good. And I love how they're like, oh, Bella, like, went to the, the La Push Reservation and heard this story about, I think, what she called the second wife, the third wife. And she's like, oh, I'll cut myself deep, too. It's just like, there's nothing subtle about Twilight. That's why I love it. No, there's nothing subtle. You're absolutely right. She cuts herself as, like, a distraction. But did it matter? Sure. Like, I think it helped. I did, because it, remember, her blood is irresistible because she's special. <sighs> That drove Victoria into a frenzy. She was ready to fucking stop everything because that she wasn't expecting that blood. And we have this thing with her, and I mentioned his name before. Let me look it up. Oh. Riley. Yeah, Riley. You don't have to look it up. I've got your back. Okay, there you go. True. <laughs> the thing with her and Riley, and it's so telegraphed. We know what's going to happen. He thinks he's more important to her than he actually is, and he's just kind of like the leader of her army or whatever. And yeah, I mean... <laughs> Things don't end well for him. Things don't end well for her. Things don't end well for pretty much anyone in her team. But honestly, it's hard to like mention. Like, we're not going to be like, oh, when this wolf did this and this. Because they all look the same. Well, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, there's that. But there's also just like, it's not important. I've talked about semi action films, not just on here, but like in other podcasts. An action film podcast? Well, maybe not for you, Kate, because I know, again, your love for con air and things like that but for most people action films are hard to talk about on podcasts because what are you going to say like oh this person punched this person and you're not going to give play-by-play of an action scene you know but it was cool it was honestly one of the better scenes in the series i think like it finally like it built us something that wasn't like again i wasn't i'm not dissing the whole like italy scene i thought that was cool too but i think this tops that i think this is like a battle like we've been waiting for and well i'm not like super sold on like victoria being this big bad i get she was in that original trio that needs to have bella's blood like again the motivation to me whatever but the motivation was that they killed james she just wanted revenge i get it it just seemed like if you live that long, you've seen a lot of death, and I know you're not happy about it, but to risk everything, to, like, go to Seattle f- for whatever reason and find an army. Again, that was cool that they involved, like, a major city rather than these rural towns, but I still don't understand why she had to go there. Because there's more people? Is that the reason? I'm trying to remember why they chose. Or I don't remember. There was some reason in the books that wasn't in the movie. It was dumb. But it was there. (laughs) (laughs) Can't remember. I'm sorry. I mean, I don't know. But regardless, like, we do build to this scene, which actually, you know, enthralled me. I'm like, oh, shit. This is, like, impressive for this movie. It's the first real action scene we get. Because even in Twilight, James, they they, they kill him, like, three times. But it's kind of, like, off screen while we're worried about Bella becoming a vampire. (laughs) New Moon 
none of that like climactic fight scenes really it was just edward getting the shit kicked out of him then a bunch of tourists dying so now like the, yeah and i think this is why it was probably my favorite movie up until i until i started really redoing this because now i really love twilight too basically his shit finally happens <laughs> like finally <laughs> things happened and it didn't build to some bullshit ending um not that again the other endings i'm not gonna say they were bullshit but uh new moon felt pretty unearned to me because it was just a lot of like exposition 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 oh shit we're in italy you know this one felt a little (laughs) bit more earned and i liked it i i enjoyed it i enjoyed where we built to it i almost wanted more like this is the first one maybe twilight but as opposed to new moon this one really like had me wanting more when it ended and i'm like hey if, if a series can have me wanting more they're doing their job because something finally happened because they made victoria the main villain and this looming threat for the entire movie which is in the books they're like yeah people are dying in seattle maybe we should figure that out back to bella and edward <laughs> like, that's how that book is <laughs> oh that's so good anything else you want to mention in regards to scenes in the film or at, at the end, it's obvious that Jacob still wants her. Alice is still a wedding planner. <laughs> what does it end with? Something like, like, all right, let's do this. It's, everything's set. We just got to tell my dad. Boom. I've always felt out of step. Like, literally stumbling through my life. I've never felt normal. Because I'm not normal. I don't want to be. I've had to face death and loss and pain in your world, but I've also never felt stronger. Like more real, more myself. Because it's my world too. It's where I belong. It's not just about me. No. Sorry. I've made a mess trying to figure all this out, but I want to do it right. And I want to tie myself to you in every way humanly possible. Starting with a wedding. something a little more difficult first and maybe even dangerous we have to tell Charlie it's highly dangerous it's a good thing you're bulletproof I'm gonna need that ring people had your way she'd go tell her daddy with alice so that bums me out <laughs> <laughs> sorry sorry oh man you never not think about that now one thing that i'll give new moon over this film is like ending with that proposal had me more like <gasps> like in that shock moment this film was more like okay she gotta tell her dad i know charlie's not gonna be happy about it but he's not gonna he can't beat vampires and stuff you know so it is what it is not that big of a deal yeah i mean they just needed a place to end it <laughs> Like there's like that's kind of it. Like da da dun da da dun, dun, dun. Like, that's, that's how it basically ended. Well 
All right. Well, we've talked two hours about this film almost, <laughs> which I try not to do. But, you know, I'm not cutting this into two episodes. I don't care how long. I don't care how long it lasts. We can't keep doing that. <laughs> you know, I had some segments planned. We'll save those segments. We don't need to fuck, marry, kill anyone in this one. That's fine, because they're the same characters, essentially. It really is. Like, <laughs> I mean, plus Riley got fucked, so. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, so Rotten Tomatoes, pretty much very similar throughout the series. 48% by the critics, 60% by the audience. And we know, like, you know, you're either into this or you're not. That's just how it is. Okay, let me ask you. Have you gotten more into it as been indoctrinated into Twilight? I'll put it this way. Certainly, yes, over the last film. I know that I'll be more into it on the next run when I just go through everything, having watched everything, having known how it ends, because I'm still, I think you probably agree with this, I'm st- I still have too many questions that I shouldn't be asking, if that makes sense. These movies kind of stand on their own, but I feel like they were really made with somebody who would already watch the books. Yeah, no. I read the books. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, no, I know what you meant. No, exactly, though. Like, I'm... I'm being too analytical when I shouldn't. It's not that I'm not enjoying the process. I am, but I I know myself and I can't wait to the second round because that's when I'll just be like really enjoying myself. In this round, I'm still like, what does this mean? Are Alice and Charlie a thing? You know, <laughs> you're still trying to figure out what's going on, which I shouldn't be, as you've told me a million times. What you see is what you get. There is nothing happening in Twilight that you're not picking up. The pro- like, yeah, we say I say this every time too. Everyone take a shot. It's, <laughs> there's nothing to Twilight. There's nothing. This is it. I, I know, but I know, but I need to get to the ending to really convince my podcast host, my film podcast host self, that that is indeed the case. You know, like I, again, I can't wait for Breaking Dawn's part one and two. I can't wait. Uh, which is a good sign, right? I am excited. It's not like, oh, God, i to talk about another Twilight film. But I know once I'm over, like, oh, fuck, that didn't really matter. Then I'll be 100% in, I'm pretty sure. I mean, number four is... <laughs> I know I know you warned me about this, and I get it. But I honestly, that that's one that will probably have some adult beverages and plow through basically the worst one the worst they are the drunker i have to be to talk about it <laughs> well that's a good sign then because that's my next question like i said 48 percent by the critics 60 percent by the audience here but on on our high school slumber party a plus to f scale enjoyment not you know oscar level what what is your enjoyment of eclipse oh my god a done all right i hear you um i'm gonna give eclipse a I'm not sure where I've been rating the other films, so I want to be, like, accurate to that, so maybe I'll listen back. But for right now, solidly in that, like, B-minus range, like, I enjoyed it. Um, I thought it was really good. I think I still like the original Twilight the best, but this certainly brought me back from New Moon, which wasn't bad, but I was like, okay, I can see why fans enjoy New Moon and why other people maybe can't get into it. I get it here. There was some cool action, finally. It didn't feel like it was lagging to me. I didn't feel, like, bored or anything like that. And, like I said, it leaves me wanting more and leaves me wanting to finish the series in a good way. So, we're in that B range, and I'm I'm happy to be there. I know we have a kind of a tough road ahead with the first Breaking Dawn, but we need it for the second Breaking Dawn, so... I'm excited about that, and I'm excited about this journey. I've I've learned so much about myself. <laughs> I'll put it that way. 
Are you still Team Jacob, or are you? Still no, 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 no. I, I gave up on that Team Jacob thing. I think at the last time, like you know, Jacob's disappointed me. I'd like Jacob more in this, but how could you not be Team Edward? Like, if you're gonna have to pick sides, exactly. I might be Team Charlie. Exactly. Who knows? But oh man, <laughs> if it's Edward versus Jacob, Team Edward. We'll put it that way. Oh, you bum me out. Why? Because <laughs> I'm a fan of Charlie and I want him to be happy. I'm sorry. Ew. I didn't say I, Team I Alice. I didn't see what. Well, let's not spoil later movies, but I'm hoping there's a happy ending for Charlie. We'll put it that way. You have to use the word happy ending. God damn it! Brian. I didn't mean. Oh my god! I wasn't thinking of that. <laughs> god. I'm gonna go read slash fiction now. I know it. Yes. Like, where's the Charlie slash? I need it. Ugh. Oh god. <laughs> All right. So, what is your uh, eclipse sleeping bag gonna look like? Oh, it's gonna look like Taylor Lautner scene in the mountain <laughs> and it's gonna have like pillow arms too to wrap me in in honor of when he had to get next to bella because he's warm and jacob is cold <laughs> and she was freezing <laughs> oh man i like that one i like that one mine is going to have that it's gonna say r.i.p and whatever that little girl's name who was taken in to be a vampire and then gets murdered by the volteri uh brie brie brie, brie. okay Oh, we didn't even get into this, but she wrote a novella about Brie. What? <laughs> so, wow. The short life of Brie Tanner. The short second life of Brie Tanner. Wow. It was a short second life. Um, I guess we didn't mention this and we should give it some time. The Volteri do show up and they're like, what the fuck's going on here? Basically, they're like, no, you know, even though she's like a little girl, she didn't know what she was doing. She needs to die and you better control things here or then bad things are going to happen, essentially. They're just threatening Bella again. It's like, you're not a vampire yet. Yeah. Like, there's a date picked. Fuck you. There's a date. Yeah. Like, oh, we don't give second chances. I like the Volturi, but I think they're really dumb. Like, <laughs> I think, but then again, I think all these characters are dumb, so I can't, I can't really pick on them too much. Yeah, who knows? <laughs> um, yeah, but we, I mean, again, we shouldn't mention that. But again, R.I.P. Brie. I'm glad she has a novella about her because, like, that was an interesting, interesting uh, turn of this. Like, let's kill a child, Stephanie Meyer. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, it's like Book of Mormon's pretty violent, so like, violence is okay for my my old people. It's just sex isn't. So yeah, okay. So I did write that note down too. I was like. So they can't have sex, but you can kill a child in this YA book? I mean, it's biblical. I guess you're right. I guess you're right. <laughs> if Brie didn't want to get murdered by a freaky deaky vampire cult, Brie shouldn't have let herself get turned into a vampire, okay? Yeah. Oh, Brie, it's, so, it's your fault. No, that's why I'm <laughs> memorializing her on the outside of my sleeping bag. R.I.P. Brie. R.I.P. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so you and I are having this slumber party, and we are watching Eclipse tonight, but what other two films should we watch along with Eclipse on our ideal slumber party? I usually go with Con Air, and now you've basically bent me from saying Con Air, so <laughs> I'm going to go with, what's that weird Gary Busey movie where he's a vampire? I think it's, is it Silver Bullet? Not Vampire, Werewolf. I think it's called Silver Bullet. Yes, it is. Silver, Silver Bullet. Bullet. Yeah, I just looked it up. <laughs> it is. A weird, bad werewolf movie. So I'm going to do that. And I'm going to do Teen Wolf 2 because Teen Wolf is too good. So we have to do Teen Wolf 2 because I don't like werewolves. <laughs> Teen Wolf 2, Jason Bateman. He's hot right now with like Ozark and stuff like that. I mean, 
He's uh, had an interesting career. Jason Bateman might have one of the most fascinating careers ever. Loved him. I like him too, but I mean, Teen Wolf 2, wow, classic. <laughs> Hogan's Family. Don't don't get me started on Hogan's Family. Jason Bateman was one of my first crushes. I fucking wow. love Jason Bateman. I love him. Yeah, that show had like three names. Valerie's Family. Valerie, Valerie's Family, and, and Hogan's Family or whatever. Something like that. Did you watch it? I don't know. When was it on in its initial run? I definitely watched it in syndication. I remember watching in the night, like like when I say 90s, I mean like 1990, 1991-ish is when I watched it. Because it would come on right after Win, Loser, Draw. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I'm like a sitcom junkie, so I'm, pre- I'm pretty good when it comes to these things. Yeah, so it ran from... 86 to 91. So that makes sense on your timeline. Because I only really remember Hogan's family after they just killed off Valerie. (laughs) Shits and gigs. Yeah, yeah. So it was Valerie the first two seasons. Then Valerie's family season three. Then the Hogan family four, five, and six. Great classic like late 80s, early 90s theme song. And again, good for Jason Bateman for just having such an interesting career. And who can forget... Teen Wolf 2, the creme de la creme of the Jason Bateman film catalog, I guess. Sure. <laughs> I think it fits in nicely with the clips because what's going to happen is Silver Bullet, I haven't seen in like 10 years, but I remember it's like dumb, but also kind of like okay. So what you're going to do is you're going to start with Silver Bullet, go to Eclipse, and then you go to Teen Wolf 2, and you're like, ah, oh, man, Eclipse was the best of the bunch. Okay, Kate, you mentioned Pajiba, but where, where can people find you, follow you, read your stuff, all that jazz? I feel like at this point, I'm not so much as a person as like a thought. So wherever weird shit is, I'll be there. But if you're looking for something more concrete, um, you can follow me on Twitter at, at Hudson Kate. And then I write for Pajiba off and on now. I don't know. By the, who knows? It's quarantine. <laughs> like maybe I'm back to regular. Maybe I'm not. It all depends on like I can unpack my damn apartment. <laughs> <laughs> all good. All good. And once again, congratulations on your, your big move to Chicago. Thank you. I'm excited that you're in Chicago because so many great high school movies take place in Chicago. So. Right? So many. That's. I'm not going to say that I moved here because of Pretty in Pink. But I'm not not going to say that either. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. And, you know, you're technically signed up for a Chicago film on this podcast because Adventures in Babysitting is in the Hudson Five. Yes! Oh, man. I have not let myself watch that movie yet in Chicago because everything needs to be unpacked and perfect until it can. But I love that movie. Well, let me know because it's on the docket pretty soon. So let me know when everything's unpacked and perfect. I've seen that movie more than I've seen Twilight. Wow. Oh, I have that movie memorized. And the Keith Coogan run will continue, and I can't wait. I love Keith Coogan. <laughs> Again, we know your love for Keith Coogan. Can't wait to talk that film. Always love having you on. There's more Hudson 5 movies coming up, like The the Heavenly Kids, spoiler alert. That one's a fun one. We recorded that as well. Um, yeah, and, you know, it's always a pleasure. And can't wait for both Breaking Dawns. That's going to be fun. <laughs> Two is better than one. You just got to just got to stick through one to get to the magic of two. <laughs> Love it. I can't wait. Life is such a sweet insanity. The more you learn, the less you know. In the heart of
nice to know your friends are near In the heart of every family There's a love that's waiting there for you Okay, to be honest, when I was editing this episode and we got to the part where Kate talks about the whole Hogan family and Jason Bateman, wow, the theme song just got stuck in my head. It's still stuck in my head. And they say if something's stuck in your head, you should like play it, right? Well, I want it to be stuck in all your heads now. <laughs> that is an awesome, awesome show. I'm a big, like I said, sitcom junkie. And, I don't know, sitcom theme songs, when I'm feeling down, when I'm feeling blue, if I listen to them, they'll just make me smile. They're so silly and and so glorious. And, of course, just want to thank Kate Hudson for always being a part of our Twilight Forever series. You'll hear from her again soon. I can promise you that. And a lot of your uh, social media feedback has told me that Kate Hudson is one of your favorite, if not the favorite, high school slumber party guest. Definitely good to know. Love that feedback. Well, one of my favorite guests, and I'm sure one of yours too, will be stopping by on Monday as we continue our Cheer Monday series. And that's Joe 2. It's another Lifetime movie. It's called Fab Five, The Texas Cheerleading Scandal. The true story finally told. Tatum O'Neill in a new movie for Lifetime. Welcome to Jackson High. Everyone knew them. The Fab Five run this school. The whole town feared them. They're becoming a danger to themselves and others. Leave. Make me. What they got away with became a national scandal. We are totally famous. A Lifetime original movie. It's good to be bad. Fab Five, the Texas cheerleader scandal. Premiere Saturday, August 2nd at 9 p.m. on Lifetime. These Lifetime movies are so fun to do. If you want to watch them, great. But I tell everyone, these are the episodes where you probably have to watch the movie the least because you're going to get a lot of context and a lot of fun. And it's double the fun this week. Not only is Joe 2 our guest, but his wife, the other Lifetime junkie in his household, Rachel, will be stopping by. They have such a great dynamic. Once you'll listen to their episode, you'll want to hang out with them. You'll want to talk to them. You'll want to get their feedback. Oh, And if you want a little preview of that, Foodie Films, hosted by Kyle Reinfried, my partner on P.S. I Love Hoffman, just had them together as guests this week as well for Mystic Pizza. So you want to check that out, too, at cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me. Remember, guys, no matter what's going on, no matter how hard times can be, remember that life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop to look around once in a while, you could miss it. Let's leave you with another song of the Twilight soundtrack. Let's leave you with, let's see, hmm, lots to choose from. Again, good soundtrack. Let's, how about Chop and Change by the Black Keys. Later, dudes.
You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go.